Welcome to the House of God podcast presented by the Collective Choir on Eau Claire Hometown Media. We'll share sermons to help you get to know a different Chippewa Valley church each week and to keep you up to date with the Collective Choir. I'm Shane Spencer, and here's your host, Zachariah Putney. Welcome to the debut episode of the House of God podcast with the Collective Choir on Eau Claire Hometown Media. Thanks for listening. The Collective Choir is a gospel, hip-hop, and R&B group slash ministry slash community. We meet every Monday night at Valley Brook Church, 6 to 7.30. It's a beautiful time. We get together, we sing, we love on each other. Please check out the Collective Choir at collectivechoir.org. Also, we have music up on Spotify. We have a Facebook page. Um, you can see our, our live streams there every week along with sectionals. You can practice at home, tune up your voice. The goal of this podcast is to invite the Church of the Chippewa Valley into oneness, to hear and learn from each other, um, to tune a listening ear into people of different backgrounds and learn from each other. Our first church we're going to be listening to here is Renew Church in Eau Claire on Niagara Street. The sermon from Pastor Jamie Staples comes in the wake of the 2020 election and is a call for unity in the body of Christ. So without further ado, here is Jamie Staples with a message on unity. Good morning, church. Good morning in person. Good morning in the overflows. And good morning online. I'm thrilled to be here with you this morning. Uh, I got a question for you. Uh, Have you ever felt division in our culture today? Just a little bit, right? Like things are just a little divided. Like you can't post about the sky being blue without somebody disagreeing with you, right? Like we are divided, and I don't know about you, uh, but I've been exhausted by it. My guess is you have too. Uh, And the definition of division is separating things into parts. And that's what's happened over the last eight, nine years. 10 months, right? Like we've become so divided, we've become so separated, there's been so much tension and so much animosity, and we're going to talk about it as a church. So we are entering a series called One, a single focus in a divided world, and a cool thing about this sermon series is that we are going to do this with two other churches. I don't know if you know this, but we are connected to a group of churches uh, that are our partner churches that we do life with. uh, It's connected to a group of churches locally in Wisconsin and globally across the world. It's the denomination that we're a part of. And through this series, we are going to join with Cedarbrook Church in Menominee and uh, Midcurrent Church in Hudson. And we are going to pre- uh, preach this sermon series together, all right? To help demonstrate what it means to be unified. So, does anybody know what's going to take place on Tuesday? I won't repeat that comment. The election is taking place. Like, I, 
you, you probably have to live under a rock to know what's not coming on Tuesday, right? Uh, you've probably been aware, with it, uh, aware of it, and I think uh, it would be good of us to take a little poll here in church, all right? So we're going to take a little poll uh, online. Uh, maybe you can respond as well in the chat. We're going to take a little poll. If you vote Republican, I want you to, to raise your hand. And if you vote Democrat, I'd like you to raise your hand. So uh, if you vote Republican, we'll go that first. Maybe online you could put like a donkey or an elephant like thing, emoji. I don't know what it's called. But uh, ready? So we'll go one, two. I'm just kidding. I would never do that in a million years you have to have more trust in me than that, all right? If you've posted something, I'll delete it now. Uh, but we are divided. And part of the reason why we're divided is politics and just about everything else is meant to divide us or can divide us if we allow it. Sports divide us. Right? Like, I live in a divided home. I like the Bears. Everyone else likes the Vikings. Maybe you're lucky enough to live in a unified home where you all like the same team. Maybe the Packers, because here we are. Uh, Sports divide us in other ways too, right? I don't appreciate what they're standing for, so I'm going to either be for or against that. Sports have all these ways that they can divide us. Coronavirus, is it divisive? <laughs> yes, right? It's real, it's not real, it's a fluke, it's all, like all you have to do is get one comment in on any post about the coronavirus and you will see division. Medicine, does it divide us? Are you a vaxxer, anti-vaxxer, we all lose our minds. Religion even divides us. The songs we sing divide us. Uh, how the lighting is in the room divide us. Uh, all these different things divide us. And right now, I, I've been so struggling and disappointed with the division within the church globally. Right? Like we've allowed all these things to sink in and start to tear apart churches like people have actually left church because of the coronavirus people have left churches because of masks people have left churches maybe because of sports teams i don't know but people have left churches over some of these issues i was listening to a podcast and uh, i was it was this pastor from australia and he was talking about uh, just the culture in Australia. And he was actually saying, this has been one of the most beautiful times he's ever experienced in their country. Yeah, it can be like that in other places. He said, coronavirus has been such a motivating force for the good in the country. He said, actually, politicians agreed at the very beginning of this that they would not critique each other, they would support each other, they would be on the same page, and they would do everything they could to lead for the common good. Wouldn't that be awesome? He said, communities are coming together, supporting each other, loving each other. And then he said, he hears from all over the world. He's an author and, and well-known pastor, but he heard, he, he's heard from all over the world, just about every continent, how 
During the coronavirus, the last eight or nine months, it's been this beautiful thing that has unified people, brought communities together. He he said all, all over the place, he's heard nothing but, this has been an incredible experience. To watch the world come together and love each other and support each other. And then he goes, and then I hear from my pastor friends in the United States. And I don't hear the same thing from them. What does he hear? He hears things are divisive. Things are, uh, like, things are being ripped apart. People are hating each other. There's animosity. There's all this stuff going on. He goes, it's just interesting to see how different cultures around the world are responding to this. I don't know about you, but I think the last eight, nine months, all that's been happening has exposed some of the worst things in us, right? Along with some of the most beautiful things. We can't forget about that. We can't focus on all negative because there have been some beautiful things that have happened over the last eight, nine months. But what do we do about that? What should the church's response be? What should your response be as a Christ follower? Turn with me uh, to John 17 in your Bibles. In your Bible app, uh, if you have the Renew app, renew.church slash app, you can look up the scripture there. But turn with me to John 17. In John 17, uh, we see... Jesus, with his disciples, and we see a prayer from Jesus. But before everything happened, before uh, Jesus was about to go to the garden, before Jesus was about to be crucified, before all that horrible stuff was to happen, Jesus knew. Time was running short, and he got together with his disciples, and he prayed together. And he had a prayer request. And it's interesting to really think about what Jesus' prayer request was. And we find it here in John chapter 17. And if you really want to dig deep, go ahead. This prayer that Jesus gives, says, prays, is very close to the prayer that Moses prayed in uh, Deuteronomy 32-33. I I think those are the right chapters, 32-33, kind of towards the end of Moses' ministry, just before the Israelites went into the promised land. Hint, hint. Nothing in Scripture really happens coincidentally. Coincidentally. So Jesus, we find sitting here, praying very similar prayer that Moses prayed before he goes to the cross, is resurrected, and the Holy Spirit comes. And Jesus is sitting there and he prays, and we see the format of the prayer. He starts praying for, uh, towards God, his Father. And he talks about his glory. He talks about all the things that he's going to do. And then he shifts his prayer to talk about the disciples that are sitting in the room with him. And I find this next section very interesting. Like, it makes sense to me, right? 
that Jesus would sit and talk, uh, talk about God, thank his father, talk about glory, all that stuff that's about to come about. And then it makes sense to me that he would pray for his disciples that are there. But this next part surprises me. And Jesus has a simple prayer request. Look at 17 verse 20. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. Disciples, those with him. And then he says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through the message. Who's that? Just pause. Who's that? Who will believe in Jesus from the message of the disciples, of the apostles, of the gospel going out? Who is that? It's us, right? Like, think about it. Jesus, at that time, was not only praying for, for God, his Father, not only praying for his immediate disciples right around him, but he was also praying for you and I in this moment in time. That baffles me. In 21, he says that all of them. He's praying for you and I. People that will believe in the message of Jesus, will believe in Jesus from the message. He prays that all, who's all? We've been talking about this through our last sermon series. All is all. You can't read all and go, oh, he's talking about me. No, he's talking about all of us. Every one of us that believes in Jesus, that's who he's talking about. All. It means left, it means right, it means in the center. It means urban, it means suburban. It means poor. It means rich. All of us, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, as long as you are following Jesus, this is who he's praying about. And then here's his request. All of them may be one. Father, just as you and I, just, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. This is incredible, right? Jesus is praying. Father, I just pray that they will be one. I pray that they will be unified. Why? For the mission. I pray that they will be unified for the mission. This is his message to his followers. And he goes on. I pray that they will be one 
And then in 22 it says, I've given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I and them, you and me. So that they may, may be brought to complete unity. And then he says, so that then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you loved me. What's the prayer of Jesus here? That all those who may believe in him through his message may be unified. How? By loving one another. By demonstrating his love in this world towards each other. And then he says, look, others will know who I am because of your love for each other. Others will know who I am because of the mission that you are on in the way that you live your life. The sermon will resume after a testimony from the collective choir. Um, sorry if I get a little emotional, but um, when I came to the collective choir, I was broken. I mean, it was like you take a, a jar of hearts up to the highest point that you can take it, and you drop it, and it just shatters into all of these pieces, and that was my heart lying on the ground. And I'd always been a, a happy, gracious, giving person. But all of a sudden I was so broken and so terribly lost and I was trying to find my way. And I'd always been a churchgoer, but somehow all the rules and the regulations, they just seemed to be such a, a, a thing that I couldn't hardly keep them all straight. And I could see the rules and the regulations, but I really couldn't see the, feel that love of the Lord. And so when I, I came to the collective choir, and um, the first thing we did was, um, was pray, I was like, well, what is this? And um, I continued to work with the choir and work with my heart. and to embrace the concept of the collective choir, which is collectiveness. It doesn't matter um, what your race is or, or your religion is or how much money you make. When we walk in that door, we're all on an even, even playing field. And the one thing that we have, have in common is that um, is that we, we love the Lord. But when I walked in that door, I didn't feel like I loved the Lord. Actually, I felt pretty abandoned by the Lord. And so finding my way back th through that with the music and with the love from all of my brothers and sisters, I learned that with love in in our hearts, we can weather any storm. And that love comes 
comes to us through Jesus. <laughs> so I suppose I could go on to how it's impacted my life. Well, how it's impacted my life is that I came as a very broken, fragmented, distressed person. And today I, I sit before you um, with a calm in my heart. And I'm working really hard on my relationship with Jesus. Because I've, I've learned that that is the way. The collective choir consists of brothers and sisters that are not bonded by blood. But what we are bonded by is the power of love. It's the best time that I spend in a week. And it is a place of unconditional love and praise. And to walk in that door and to be a part of that is truly a gift that the collective choir has given me and everyone in that room. And the one thing that I can count on every single time that I walk through that door is love, love is everywhere. Love, love is everywhere. It's carried on the breeze and passed from lee to tree. Oh, love, love is everywhere. Thank you, Sherry. Now we'll send you back to Pastor Jamie Staples of Renew Church for the rest of the sermon. Do you think it's possible that, that when you're tempted to divide, when you're tempted to bring in tension, when you're tempted to sever a relationship, do you think it's possible that the other commandments of love one another can overcome that? And I hope so. I really, really hope so. My guess is over the last seven, eight, nine months, you've experienced that division. You've experienced that tension. Maybe you've even experienced that severing of a relationship because of take whatever issue you want. Maybe you've been the one doing the severing. And, and maybe it's been healthy boundary setting, but maybe, just maybe, we've forgotten about that other commandment, love one another. We'll talk about that more next week. But Jesus makes it clear. His prayer is unity. Unity among his followers so that his mission can move forward in this world. Like, I don't know how many conversations I've had over the last eight months 
to where non-Christians outside of the church or struggling with their faith or skeptical or all of that stuff has looked upon the church and thought, said to me, the church is full of complete fools. Why would I want to be part of that? Like all this cutting, all this divisiveness, all this bickering on Facebook, all all these division on all these issues. Why would I want to join something like that? And I kind of look at him and go, I can't blame you. I wouldn't either. But I'm here. (laughs) It's kind of my job, right? I I would imagine that many of us have probably felt similar. Maybe you've had the same conversations that when somebody looks upon the way the church is acting in whatever topic you want to talk about, it's hindering the mission of Jesus, right? And let me clarify something because some of you may sit there and go, well, oneness, I'm not all for oneness because when you become one, when you become unified, you just become all the same. And here's a very important point that we have to understand. Oneness, unity, is not the same as being the same. You could put it another way. Unity is not the same as uniformity. We have to understand that. Jesus didn't pray, uh, Father, I pray that they're all on the same page. I pray that they all root for the same team. I pray that they all vote the same. I pray they all respond to the same to any sort of issue. No. Like Jesus built diversity into his kingdom. He created it to be this diverse, this beautiful, this wonderful world that's supposed to reflect and bring him glory. So I actually think we are much stronger as we have conversations where we don't agree. I don't want a church that votes all one way. I don't want a church that thinks all the same about any topic. No, I want a church where we come together and we have conversation, we disagree, we argue. But at the end of the day, We remain unified. Because that's what I think Jesus calls us to do and be in this world. Can you love somebody you disagree with? Man, I hope so. It doesn't seem like it lately, but I hope you can. And I think Jesus calls us to it. I think when we bring diversity in thought, in conversation, in whatever topic you want to talk about, when we argue, we disagree, and we are able to talk about it, I think we get further. And I think we are more of a light to the rest of the world than when we sit back and go, oh, I can't believe you voted that way. I can't believe you think about that. I can't believe you're wearing a mask. I can't believe you're not wearing a mask. I think we'd be better off if we're a little more careful with the comments that we make. And instead of leaning towards, well, division... 
What if our first lean was towards loving one another? Even if. Even if. Because according to Jesus' prayer, what's at stake? What's at stake when we divide? What's at stake when we argue? What's at stake? Yeah, probably our own well-being, probably our own mental capacity. Like all those things, struggle, stress rises, all that stuff. But what's at stake is the mission of Jesus. That's what's at stake. It's whole communities coming together. Like what if over the last eight or nine months, what if churches, the church, the big C capital church in America came together to serve the communities, to take care of the poor, to take care of the disenfranchised, to take care of the widows, to take care of? What if we came together even when we disagreed? What would our nation look like right now? Would it be different? Maybe it wouldn't. But would it be different? I believe that we are called to be unified as followers of Jesus. I believe that we are called to love one another above everything else. And I believe that when we don't, the mission of Jesus is hindered. Here's the reality of our situation, right? Tuesday is going to come and go, right? Maybe the person you're voting for will win. Maybe they won't. That's kind of how elections work, right? Tuesday is going to come and go. But the church will win or lose on how it acts every single day up to Tuesday and every single day after Tuesday. The church will thrive based on how it's loving one another and how it's loving its communities. All these other topics are out here. The church will thrive on how it loves one another and how it loves Jesus and how we love our communities. So here's what I want us to do. Over the next couple days, take stock of your relationships. Think over the last eight, nine months, take stock of your relationships, your work relationships, your school relationships, your family relationships, your online relationships. Take stock of where they are all at. 
Maybe there's an individual that you need to repair the relationship with. Maybe there's an individual that you need to, uh, tensions rise and one thing gets said and then another thing gets said and then before you know it, you're in this online Facebook chat conversation like condemning each other, demonizing each other. And maybe for you, there's one person in your life that you had a relationship somewhere over the eight, nine months ago and now it is altered or fractured or completely non-existent. Maybe, as a Jesus follower, you need to move towards someone rather than moving further away. Maybe someone's voiced a different opinion that you have and and your automatic response is, well, I'm going to distance myself. I'm not going to reach out to them. I'm not going to love them like I should because of their stance on X. And so maybe in this next season, in these next couple days, during this series, there is one person or a group of people that you need to take one step towards rather than keep taking steps away. Maybe for you, it's a coworker that you, something was said and, and there's been a divide. Maybe they don't even know there's been a divide, but there's been a divide that's been created and it keeps growing larger every single day. Or maybe it's a family member that said something last Christmas that you have not let go of and you're still thinking about, it's still fueling you, you're still getting angry about it, you're still frustrated about it. Maybe it's your neighbor. Do you remember our definition for neighbor from a couple series ago? Your neighbor is anybody that's connected to you. So your neighbor can be in here. Your neighbor can be in this community, in Eau Claire. Your neighbor can be in this nation. And because of social media, your neighbor could be across the world, but you are connected to them relationally. And maybe you need to repair a relationship with your neighbor. Maybe a relationship they didn't even know was broken. But you saw him walking around one day without a mask and you made some judgments about him and then it hasn't been the same since. Yeah, I'm going all in today. <laughs> maybe they have a sign in their yard that you're not particularly fond of and you tried to get a bigger sign but you couldn't find one and so you'll have to settle with a smaller sign. But inside you're still... Divided. Church, it is so important that we get this right, and I'm probably about eight months late on this message. Maybe six months. But this is critical to our mission as we follow Jesus. This is critical to how we live as Christ followers in this world. And I would argue that if we allow division, if we choose division over love, over unity in our relationships, in our churches, 
in our community. Okay, let me make this more personal. If you and I choose division over love in our relationships, in our church life, in our community life, I gotta tell you, we have a serious heart issue. And we have a serious obedience to Jesus issue as we follow him. It's easy to be divided. It's easy. It's harder to love your neighbor. It's harder to, even when there are disagreements, remain unified. But isn't the gospel worth it? It's easy to be divided. The question is, will you and I choose differently? Will you pray with me? Jesus, we come to you and we pray together as a church wherever we're at. Jesus, I pray that we would read over your prayer, your last prayer in Scripture, that we would read over it and we would take it to heart, that we would understand that you were not only praying to God, you were not only praying to your Father, you were not only praying for your immediate disciples, but you had the foresight to pray for all of us even. And that just blows my mind. You did. And your prayer was that we, as we follow you, would abide in you, would be close to you, would be trusting you and depending on you, and then that we would be unified. We wouldn't be uniform, but that we would be unified so that the world would see you so that our light could shine in the darkness. And so that people would look at us and go, man, how do they still love each other even though they disagree? And we would answer back, it's the gospel. It's Jesus. Oh, Jesus, help us. Jesus, transform us. Do some heart surgery on us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jamie, for that sermon on choosing unity over division. Please check out Renew Church at renew.church online. Also, check out the choir, collectivechoir.org. Also, Facebook and Spotify are good places to find us. Please, if you have another church you'd like us to feature on this podcast let us know if if you are a pastor please reach out we love celebrating the unity and diversity of christ here have a good week have a good holiday season god bless you thanks for listening to the house of god podcast presented by the collective choir on eau claire hometown media to find out more about the collective choir or the church you heard about in this podcast Please follow us on Facebook, 
or visit www.collectivechoir.org.